You are Locked On Browns, your daily Cleveland Browns podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everybody, for what is your first Locked On Browns of April, and you folks all know what that means. Less than a month away, the NFL Draft in Cleveland, Ohio. I am your host, Jeff Lloyd, at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd, at Lockdown Browns. Follow back. DMs are open. You guys know the drill. Joined here today by Sports Illustrated's Pete Smith. But before we get to just that, make sure you follow Lockdown Browns on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and the all-new Odyssey app. That's A-U-D-A-C-Y. Pete, more pro days today. Um, I want to start, I probably, I would say here. Um, Now, you know, a couple of months ago, you know, you get some of the bigger names bringing up prospects, Jamin Davis, um, and... Kelvin Joseph, cornerback from Kentucky. Um, at the time, you know, folks, you know, okay, nice players, not terrible prospects. Uh, but then you get two guys, Pete, who go together today, put out fantastic workouts. Um, so obviously there was the inkling um, as far as, you know, players, uh, you know, of this ilk, uh, you know, linebackers with a 41-inch vert running in the four fours, uh, long arms, still able to do his 20 reps. Uh, Joseph with a, a fast 40 time as well. Uh, so folks, you know, just a little uh, understanding of the draft process when some of these bigger names, maybe, you know, bigger draft analysts start spitting out some names that maybe either you're not too familiar with or you haven't heard very highly of. Um, usually, Pete, because they're going to go in and rock the living daylights out of uh, a pro day. Uh, well, today... Uh, Boogie Basham crushed his pro day. Uh, yes, he did. I don't know what to make of him because he, uh, he he's 23 and going to be basically 23 and a half when he's drafted. He's had pretty good production. He's been, he was like, I think he was one of uh, Bruce Feldman's uh, freaks, but you watch my tape and it doesn't always appear like that's true. Uh, but he had a great day. Uh, he has great size, uh, at least weight-wise. His length is not uh, super great. I, I don't know what that means for him. You know, he could easily be a second-round guy. I, I still don't think that would be to the Browns, but it could be good for the Browns if he can sort of push some other guys down. Um, Joe Tryon had a good day at Washington. Uh, he wasn't one of the more hyped-up guys today, which – you know, make of what you will. Uh, but he just had a really solid day and his agility was pretty good. I, I was I was surprised his shuttle was sort of his worst drill because that seems to be his ankles are sort of a really big part of his game. Uh, but just weight, speed, uh, explosion, and then a 718 uh, three cone, you know, just a, a good day for him. I think he, he should probably be in that top 75 area. Uh, he could absolutely be on the Browns' radar between uh, his age. He'll turn basically 22 on draft day, I think day two of the draft. Yep. Uh, 
And he had some production. Now he he opted out this past season, and there's some questions. He doesn't really do a great job of beating blocks. But if you're, you know, that's why I think he's a third round guy. But I think if you if he's willing to take coaching and and work through it, I don't know what he did this past off season. Um, he could have a a nice uh, a nice career uh, if you watch him against Oregon. You know there are people who are trying to make him a first round pick. If you watch him against Oregon, he's just not. He he's not on that level. Penny Sewell is just a substantially better player than he is. Uh, and I think that really highlights the difference. He beats up on some weaker Pac-12 competition. Um, you know, the, the receivers all today, apparently everybody gets a 4-3-8. Uh, so Kadarius Tony ran a 4-3-8. Jamar Chase ran a 4-3-8. Terrace Mitch, Marshall Mitchell. Terrace Marshall uh, from LSU ran a 4-3-8. Yes. Um, won't be 21 until June. Terrence Marshall uh, Jr. will not be 21 until June. He doesn't. I, I, part of this is because I, I I'm just so averse to LSU at this point. But even watching him, <laughs> he's never really he's never really jumped out at me as a guy that I feel like I have to have. Um, but you know, he could be in the mix for a, another guy that pushes a player down. I don't think he'll go in those top 25 picks, uh, but he could be a really nice value uh, for a, for a team picking that early second round, uh, that, that addressed something earlier, uh, like a quarterback or maybe took an offensive lineman that, that is going to sort of miss out on sort of Jamar chase, uh, and, uh, the Alabama guys, um, Canaries, Tony, you know, is another one of those guys who's like a first round pick for a week. And then everybody sort of realized, Oh, right. He hasn't done that much. So, you know, I don't know where, where he's sort of going to fall. He's sort of a wild card player. I still think the Browns and Kevin Stefanski in particular are interested in sort of that Cordero Patterson Joker type player, you know, where that falls in the draft and, and where they would be interested in a guy like Tony. Cause that's absolutely what he is. Um, I'm not sure, but he's certainly somebody to keep an eye on uh, for that. Uh, but uh, he, he's an, again, another, there's just, I think the biggest takeaway you get from receivers uh, with these pro days is you don't have to rush for receivers. There's just a ton that are really, really good. So, you know, Rashad Bateman's going to test tomorrow, I assume. Uh, I mean, at least Minnesota is scheduled to do it. So, you know, that's a big deal. Uh, Jeremiah Owusu Koromoa tested. He did not run the 40. He cited hamstring tightness, which may or may not be real. Uh, his jumps were okay. I, I mean, they're good. I, I just, you know, he was this guy who's sort of being propped up as this guy who's going to just test like an absolute freak show across the board. And, and like, just comparing. He tested to, good, not great. He yeah, tested I, good, like, not great. I, I was looking at his explosion numbers. I mean, like, Nick Chubb did better than he did uh, in that regard. So, you know, who's about six pounds heavier than him at, at his testing. So he was good. His agility was pretty great. He has really loose hips. Which again, I, I, you know, I think he's a safety. I think it's a mistake to try to make him into a linebacker. So if you're willing to get sort of that rover type position, which the Browns clearly have, you know, he becomes a fascinating player for that. Uh, the Browns, you know, if he's sitting there, I, I, I don't know who's going to take him. Like he's really difficult to place just because of that. So if he's sitting there 26, could I see the Browns take him? Sure. Um, I'm not big on the Kentucky corner. Uh, I, I know there are some people who absolutely love him. 
you didn't you didn't produce. Um, Jamin Davis did, but Taylor didn't really produce in college. He's got length. He's got all these things. But if you're looking for guy again, you know the Browns may disagree, but uh, I I think you know Asante Samuel, Greg Newsom, and Ifiatu Melifanu, depending on where you sort of have them fall in the draft. Those are guys who check all those boxes, and I think that's a far safer play to me than than a guy like Taylor. Uh, but Jamin Davis, one, he had an unbelievable pro day. Uh, yes, he did. I hope that as a result of said pro day, I never have to hear the name Zayvon Collins attached to the Cleveland Browns again. Because – and Zayvon Collins tested in the next couple of days too. For one, I hope Zayvon Collins lost some weight. Uh, just I don't think it's reasonable to – unless he's going to actually be a defensive end – to try to be the the next Levon Kirkland, uh, I, I, but I think just to be quicker and faster, I think it behooves him. But Jamie Jam, Davis ran like a you know, an unofficial four four one. You know, let, let's take that to four five. It still doesn't matter. It doesn't yeah, matter. He's, exactly. He's still, he's still flying and he, and he jumped eleven feet. Uh, he, he basically had the pro day. I thought uh, that Coromoto was, was going to have. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it just. Incredible. And he's not a finished product by any stretch. He had one great year, but he barely covered anybody. Uh, he's just fantastic taking on blocks. And I, I'll be honest, I've watched him. I never saw anything resembling that kind of speed out of him. But, you know, it, it's just one more thing. So I think his great pro day may have hurt Micah Parsons. Uh, because if if you're a team that sort of is looking at Micah Parsons and you're going, how do we feel about these um, all field questions, you can just easily now say, okay, we're taking Jamin Davis and moving on. Like uh, that, that doesn't mean that he's going to go in the top 10 or anything like that. It just may push down Parsons a little bit and maybe Davis becomes the first linebacker off the board. Uh, that, you know, maybe that signals sort of a fall for Parsons. We'll, we'll see. I, again, this is one of those things where, you know, teams are going to investigate and they'll, they'll, find out what they find out and they'll either feel good about it or they will pass on him. Uh, so, you know, th- those, I think I covered all the, the, the sort of the headliner guys yes, at pro days, uh, at least today, uh, a lot of, a lot of good players uh, today. I, I think in some cases people are, are doing the mistake of counting things twice Um of course, yeah. there was no combine, so we certainly hell they might have counted them three times now, Pete. So I mean, like some of these guys were, you know, like Jamar Chase was the top receiver in the class. You, you tell me all all you want about uh, Devontae Smith. This kid, this kid has like thirty pounds on him. Um, he didn't need to run a four three eight on LSU's thirty six yard track downhill, but downhill. <laughs> but it, but it does. And he again, uh, you can trust jumps. I, I think that's the one thing you can always trust. He jumped really, really well. Yep. Uh, so I mean, like he entrenched himself as that guy. And, and oh, the the guy I forgot that doesn't matter to us at all is Pitts. I mean, he's a, he's just a freak show. Um, he he has every argument to be the top overall prospect in the entire draft. Um, you know, I, he's I think he's safer than Trevor Lawrence. Um, I, I have more questions than some people do with Trevor Lawrence, but if you're just saying who's the cleanest, best, most talented, safest pick to take in this draft, it's Pitts. And you know the Bengals might be really smart and take him. 
and that would be a problem. Now, I know I don't think they're going to get the opportunity. I think he's going to Atlanta at four. But yeah, certainly that's a possibility. But I mean, the the Bengals are going to be, you know, the team the Browns play twice is going to get whoever the Falcons don't pick, likely between, you know, Kyle Pitts and Jamar Chase, you know, unless somebody moves up for one of those guys. And both of those guys are, you know, those are transformational players. And, you know, that that's something the Browns will be challenged with. Now they can sort of breathe a sigh of relief and go, oh yeah, Zach Taylor's their coach and go, okay, two free wins. But at some point, maybe they will have a good coach and then that becomes a really big problem to them. So, you know, from that standpoint, it just sort of reinforces that the, the Bengals have a really good opportunity to sort of continue to build this team. Uh, and, and, you know, tomorrow, or I should say Thursday, Penny Sewell is going to test along with a couple Oregon DBs that are, Interesting rounds, including Javon yeah, Holland. Our eyes on. <laughs> yeah, and 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 our feisty corner uh, friend that uh, has never lost a debate on the field. Um, <laughs> you know, there's there's, there's more guys. So I mean, look, if Penny Sewell goes out and does another thing, are we going to do this whole thing where, you know, oh, he has to go fourth overall? I I, I don't think so. He may. I, I think it's um, risky that he could potentially fall to like ninth pick. But uh, you know, I think he's going to be outstanding. But you know that this draft class is extremely top heavy. There are a bunch of really, really special players at the top of this class, and then it falls off pretty quick. So you know, it, it sort of, it, other than like receiver and edge rusher, which I think has some depth, and corner maybe has some depth. Overall, if you don't get some of these things early, they're not going to come around again. Uh, and I think what we're seeing is sort of focusing that, that basically after round two, this thing gets pretty dicey in a hurry. Uh, I mean, unless maybe you're looking for a wide receiver or a defensive back, whatever, but yeah, yeah. Pickens is kind of slamming. Obviously um, what you information and film to go off of is then going to become an issue because you're talking about players who did not play this season. Uh, Jeff Lloyd, Pete Smith taking you through the latest Locked on Browns. Just because football season is ended does not mean your appetite for sports wagering cannot be satisfied. There's only one place that has you covered and one place here at Locked On that we trust. BetOnline.ag. Sign up today for a free account at BetOnline.ag. Use the promo code, all caps, Locked On for your 50% welcome bonus. The NCAA tournament, the NBA, the NHL, starting tomorrow, MLB, and of course, NFL draft prop bets. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action. Do not forget to use the promo code LOCKED ON to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Bet online, your online sports book experts. Pete, we're going to do this one. Third segment, we will get to some listener questions, and I appreciate you guys as always for putting that one here. Pete, 26, 59, 89, 91. Give me your realistic and dream scenario, Pete Smith, to fill these four holes because this is not going to be a nine-person draft class for the Browns this year, folks. And if it is, some names that are going to get called are going to get cut. But this is going to be... About 26, 59, 89, 91. This is going to be rounding out 
the work that Andrew Berry has done to this point? Uh, so 26, I'm going to go ahead and go with Greg Newsom from Northwestern um, right now. It seems uh, like he's rising up a little bit for you, Pete, as far as the uh, fondness level. I, I, I liked him a the lot size? better when he was a second round pick. I, I loved him when he was a second round pick. Um, he's not finished. He's, he's very good. Uh, you know, I, I love the length on tape. I love the fact that he plays, you know, at Northwestern played a defense very similar to what the Browns are going to ask him to do. Uh, they want somebody with a little more height and length. Uh, you know, he, he reminds me in terms of how he sort of attacks the football. He reminds me a lot of Joe Hayden. Uh, just, he, he just sort of sneaks that thing around there and pokes it out. Uh, he's not a guy who's going to get you By a bunch the way of to get his hip in the way, to get an arm in. Like he's, you know, like there's almost like some basketball savvy to it, like boxing out type of thing. And, and he's not overly strong at this point, which, you know, eerily similar to what we already have. Um, I, it just, I think the fit is right. Unless he ends up going earlier, uh, he makes a ton of sense. Uh, my, my, my prediction, the guarantee to go wrong is that Melifonwu is sort of the trade down net that if all else fails, they can trade down and probably still get Melifonwu. Uh, he's got the most work to do. Anyway, uh, for 59, uh, I think they're going to trade up from 59. I don't think they I, – I, I, that's a really precarious spot to sit in to me. Um, and I think they're going to trade up, and I think they may go and get somebody like Joseph Asai from Texas if, he, Texas, if he's still hanging around in that sort of 45 to 50 range. He's just really good for what they want to do. He's a lot like Jason Owa, except he actually put other people on the ground. He doesn't have quite freakish ability, but he also beat a block. Um, He's a project, but he's the type of – like for all the warts he has, and I think he does have some warts that need to be ironed out, He's the type of guy where if 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 his name got announced for the Steelers or the Ravens, people would be like, "Oh, I don't know I, that you know that that's that's a pretty good pick for them." Like that's where that sort of strikes me. In that, Osai is one of those guys I don't want to see twice a year because he's just relentless. He just plays. It, he doesn't come off the field and he plays one hundred percent all the time. Like it's it's crazy how hard he plays, uh, and I think there's something to be said for that. Uh, and you know. My Nigerian brotherhood. Let's go. Um, and then the third round, I, I think they're going to move up too. Um, they may sit there. Um, that's where it's get tough. I think they're going to take a receiver there. Uh, that's going to be you know that that's that that round is going to be sort of where they take the receiver, especially if they keep both of those picks. I'm gonna gonna go ahead and say Diami Brown. He did not test great, uh, at least in the forty. I don't care. I've seen him play. There are certainly holes in his game, but I he also wins vertical though. Even though he doesn't have the speed, he seems to win pretty well vertically. Yes, and that's why I, I'm not terribly worried about it. But he's also he loves to block. Uh, he's got some size. He's not <laughs> ding as ding dense. ding. He's not as dense as I thought he was. Um, I thought you know. I mean, Elijah Moore is the more dense player. Uh, between those guys in terms of just thick strength. And uh, if you but, watch but, tape, it does not look like that when you're physically looking at these guys when you're no, watching. Yami Brown's a big-looking dude, big shoulders and everything. But he blocks his ass off, uh, and he does 
provide a vertical threat. They don't need him to sort of step in and immediately contribute. They can sort of ease him in, but he does provide that vertical threat, which they, they need. He does have some drops, sure, but he also makes some spectacular catches. I think he's a guy that, that, that can really help them. And then, uh, you know, with that other third-round pick, you know, assuming they still have it, um, that's where it gets tough. I I still really like uh, the kid from Oregon to be sort of that little bit of everything corner. Huh? I, I, so Graham or Holland? Graham. Uh, I would love to get Holland there, but I don't think that's going to happen. If they if they could get Holland there, I would be extremely happy with that. But but I people I, I don't have never really watched him and thought he didn't have speed. But that seems to be something that, that's a question for him. But I, I, if he's inside, it doesn't really matter. But his competitiveness exactly. is unending, uh, and, and the way that I love, J- you know, we love Jairi Alexander. Uh, I, I love Asante Samuel for the same quality. Just unrelenting attitude player that backs it up. Um, I, I think he's a guy that if the Browns do draft him. He- Literally, t- like, like he'll give up a completion, and he literally starts pointing to the line of scrimmage, like, "Oh, line it up again. Let's do this again, because this is not going to happen again." And you know, you, me, that's the, that's what I want to see. Look, yeah, you got me this time, but oh man, I'm going to knock your lights out in these first three yards on this next stat. Yeah, I think if he weighs like in the 190s, like he's sort of been listed, I think that would be really good for him because it just gives sort of lends credibility to that. But uh, yeah, he he's. Uh, he just uh, he he brings a physicality, he brings a competitiveness that I think uh, you know. If, if the Browns draft him, I, I think at some point there will be a knockout dragout fight in training camp because he's that uh, irritating <laughs> to the opponent. And I think over the especially over the course of a training camp, I could easily see him getting a fist fight with somebody on, on the offense. It's it's just that mentality, and this was Sione Takitaki, obviously, a couple of summer ago, summers ago. This past summer was obviously vastly, vastly different because, I mean, God forbid, nobody was trying to touch anybody, for God's sakes, and understandably so. Um, it's just having that, and, and players flock to that. We talked about this with Jairi Alexander. You know, it's it just gets everybody going. Not everybody is somebody out there who just runs their mouth, and that's fine. But it's always nice to have one or two because when they make that one or two plays a game, it just gets everybody's level up a little bit higher. And, you know, Thomas Graham and, you know, and with this being said means most likely that Thomas Graham will end up in the AFC North and we have to watch him two times a year because that's usually the way it works for once, you know, Pete and I essentially, you know, bullet point a guy that we absolutely love. uh, We'll get to see him twice a year, just not wearing uh, Cleveland Browns colors. Be that as it may. It is what it is, folks. Uh, we got some listener questions we're going to get to here as we are now in April, folks. We are less than a month away. We are now talking weeks, not months, up until the 2021 NFL Draft on Locked on Browns. For you folks who are amateurs, for you folks who are professionals, rockauto.com is the place to go their prices are the same for everybody they are reliably low rockauto.com always offers the lowest prices possible rather than changing prices based on what the market will bear similar to what the airlines do rockauto.com again is for everybody and does not require 
membership, or an account login. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your car or truck and choose the brands, specifications, and prices that you prefer. Go to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car, truck, your Sunday ride, right locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com The Improved Bill Bar is even deliciouser. So go to BillBar.com, vote for your favorite flavor in their March Madness bracket. Six new flavors, caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry barcia, lemon almond cheesecake, apple almond crisp. Bars are covered in 100% chocolate. They're soft and they are easy to chew. Built Bar is great for the health conscious guy or gal. Loser Loser maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. Bars are low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber. They are great with the keto diet. The flavor profile for your Cherry Barcia bar, 17 grams of protein, 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 grams net carbs. Go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your next order. Again, the promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. Com. Pete, first one is from me. Jadavian Clowney, are the Browns going to want an answer before the 2021 NFL draft starts? Well, the, the question there is entirely about his knee. Um, is he cleared? Um, if he's not cleared, they can't do anything with him. They're not going to sign him and basically pass the knee if it's a problem. What they may have done is essentially gotten a framework down for if and when he will be, you know, available that he's sort of agreeable to, uh, I, I, you know, who knows if that's the case or not, or if the Browns are basically going to play this as if, you know, they don't have him and they're going to act, you know, as if he won't be there, you know, basically how they have to Um, that that's sort of the question. So my answer to that is probably, they don't have sort of a, a drop dead date with him. Um, they certainly didn't last year. Uh, if they do, it's all about when that knee is healthy. If the knee's cleared right now, then they've probably gotten gotten sort of conversations going. I, I have doubts that the knee is healthy. One, because the projections had it sort of in the middle of April that he'd be cleared, and two, he hasn't visited anybody else, uh, which may or may not mean anything, but. I think that may have been part of this in going to see the Browns. Obviously they have had interest. They want to talk to him, um, but they may have wanted to get a look at the knee too. Uh, so I, I, my, based on what they've done with him to this point, I would say they, they do not have sort of a take it or leave it date. Understood. Uh, from, and Dino, always appreciate you a uh, big supporter of locked on Browns. If the Browns, do not draft Elijah Moore at 26, Pete. Is there a chance in hell he'll be there at 59? Sure. Um, is it a good chance? I would say no. But teams are weird with how they view short receivers. Um, they all want them, but they don't want to spend for them. He's, he's five, nine and a half, 
some teams will sort of write him off entirely as that. Um, you know, if, if teams view him as a slot only, his value may be decline as a result of that. Now, it's weird because so many teams feature the slot receivers like their number one guy. I mean, A.J. Brown for the Tennessee Titans is a slot guy. He's their number one guy. Um, so I would say the chances are not good that Elijah Moore will make it to, to 59 but I suspect he will make it further down than he has any business going because of guys like Terrace Marshall uh, being, you know, six, two and a half, I think 200 pounds mm-hmm. and, and running as fast as he did. So at uh, Rashad Bateman, you know, who knows? You know, it wouldn't surprise me. I think it would be a really bad idea for a team to do it, but it wouldn't surprise me if somebody took Kadarius Tony over Elijah Moore uh, based on that you know, it has all the speed and everything else and, oh, we can teach him how to do it and everything else. So uh, I think Elijah Moore will probably go later than he has any business going. Now that's still not the third round that some people are projecting him, but uh, I think he could, he could be there in the, maybe, maybe in the low forties. Interesting. Very, very interesting. Um, From Matthew D'Arce, Milton Williams, Ayla McNeil, what IDL options are in the draft and at what pick do they become attractive for the Browns? And we've talked, Pete, it's not a great class there. And with the overall need for interior defensive line play and the emphasis where people are understanding its importance, what, what wets the Browns whistle? Well, Milton Williams, uh, with his testing that suggests he has great hips that I've never really seen him use, uh, maybe he's an end. I mean, he's uh, huge, uh, but at that athletic athletic ability, he you know he can be a guy that starts outside and works his way inside, you know, uh, on certain downs. So I don't know that I would pigeonhole him as an inside guy necessarily, but I think he'll be gone day two. Aleem McNeil, you know, production isn't great, but he's a nose. Tested really well for a nose. Uh, He's got good size for that position. I think you're looking at him in in round three, round four. Um, I don't know if he'll last that long, but nose is one of those positions where, you know, I don't know how many years in a row – I've I've thought or many people have thought a certain guy would go really high and then just sitting there in round six uh, because they, they view him as two gap only and, and not a very good one or there's something weird with him. So uh, I don't know if Ali McNeil falls into that. I, I think he, I, he is. I think he's younger. I think he's 22, uh, which helps. So, I mean, he's interesting. Milton Williams is young. I think he's like 21, uh, but uh yeah, I think of the nose tackle options, maybe McNeil is one of the more intriguing to go early, especially if the Browns are, are trying to stick to the idea, you know, assuming that's even a thing, uh, that uh, that they want to go with younger guys. And here's one more for me, Pete. Mac Jones has a DUI on his record. How come this is not talked about in circles? Because it seems if it was Justin Fields who had a DUI, this shit would be plastered everywhere. Right. So um, I don't know how much of this is sort of bias and how much of this is agents. Um, I, this just, there's a lot with Mac Jones that reminds me of Josh Allen and Sam Darnold 
ahead of uh, the 2018 draft where you heard nothing but about, but anything but about them um, as sort of the top pick. And then, you know, Darnold goes, goes to the jets and then Josh Allen goes to the, the bills and it, you know, and it turns out that, you know, the Cleveland Browns were taking uh, Baker Mayfield all along and you didn't really ever hear anything about Lamar Jackson in part because he was represented by his mom, but, uh, or Josh wrote, you never heard a thing about Josh Rosen either. I don't know how I, that, that feels like it's the, the, a lot of this is agent buzz trying to sort of create something that's probably not there. Uh, exactly. But, you know, I, I don't know. I, there's always sort of this question of, you know, why is there a player like Justin Fields that's sort of being knocked? I, I, I recognize some of the things that are being criticized about him, but my, uh, my approach with him is sort of been like, yeah, he's not done. But if you take the time to, you know, figure these things out, he's going to be really, really good. And I think a team like well, the 40- it seems really weird that like you talk, they talk about Trey Lance and say, oh, well, this is what he can be. This is what he can be. But apparently Justin Fields, that's it. It's over. This is what he is. It's never going to be anymore. Well, and, and some of that may be GMs. Um, you, you know, we get into this thing where, Everybody wants to talk up Mac Jones because maybe nobody actually wants him and they want Justin mm-hmm. Fields football. So you get into these games where like we can go, we can make some really bad assumptions about what this really means and, and get into the sort of the racial component and all those. And uh, in- I, I'm not going to lie, but it kind of, I mean, if it walks like a duck and it talks like a duck, cause it kind of seems like a little bit of that's going on, but go ahead. Yeah. I mean, it, it's, it's, you know, it's certainly not, impossible that that plays a role my only question with that is after all is said and done is, is Justin Fields going to go two or three and all of this is going to be basically the fact that Nonsense, they were hoping, hoping that, that yeah they were hoping that people would keep dogging Justin Fields because they wanted him you know I, who knows it, it doesn't seem like that would be necessary if you're the Jets but maybe if you're some of these other teams uh including the 49ers that maybe that's an important part of this so um, you know, this is one of those things where it's an ugly side of the sport and this business, but hopefully for just the field, he, is he goes to the right situation for him and they, and they do it, they do right by him, develop him correctly because he can be special if they, if, if they do it right, if they rush him in, if they Hugh Jackson, the situation, then it's going to probably be very bad, and I and I and I would feel really bad for the kid because you're going to throw him in there, and then it's going to basically be oh he can run, so we're just going to do that. Um, I think if you take the time and you allow him to really blossom, it, it's with with as much ability as a kid like he, he has, it just takes a long time to get it all out because there's just so much to master. Um, so mm-hmm. if they can do it, he could be great. No, I, 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 he's from, in my opinion, it it started this cycle that Trevor Lawrence was number one, Justin Fields was number two. I don't know how we even got to where we are and some of the conversations that are are being had or some of the things that are being said. Um, And we're talking about Trey Lance here, who's got one season under his belt in one game this past year. Okay. Then take away everything Justin Fields did in 2020 and just put on the Clemson tape. Because that's kind of where I'm at. Uh, covered a bunch here. Obviously, we you know we got to 
uh, the latest round of pro days. We got to Pete's dream scenario for 26, 59, 89, 91. And Pete, maybe talking a possible trade up, which could be because uh, this is, I think this is going to be a smaller but more powerful draft class that Andrew Berry and the or front office for the Cleveland Browns are going to put out this year for the 2021 NFL draft. He is Pete Smith, Browns Digest through SI.com. Pete and his team killing it day in, day out, putting out great work, putting out great content. Check everything out. Make sure you're following at underscore Pete Smith underscore uh, the show itself at Locked On Browns. Follow back account. DMs are open. Uh, me personally at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. Throw a follow over there. DMs are open. Whatever you guys need. Questions, ideas. Um, look, I mean, the juices are flowing. It's April. Uh, the draft is going to be in Cleveland. There's going to be people there. Make sure you are vaccinated if you want to be part of the festivities. Again, follow Lockdown Browns on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and the all-new Odyssey app. That's A-U-D-A-C-Y. This has been your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound. LGB. On the LLB, let's go Browns.